So now it's my absolute honor to introduce to you our subject matter expert today, uh, PharmD extraordinaire, Sarah Stevens. Dr. Stevens is the Network Medication Safety Officer for the Honor Health System in Scottsdale, Arizona. And in this role, she prioritizes and prioritizes and leads um, initiatives to improve safety uh, of the of the medication use process. So with that, I give you Dr. Sarah Stevens. I'll get right into the learning objectives that I hope to cover. Um, first is just identifying multiple roles of the pharmacist with opioid stewardship programs. There's lots of things we can do, so I'll try and outline some areas of opportunity, things you may may not have thought of, um, and give some some great ideas. Also, describing the pharmacist role in safe pain care and opioid stewardship across care settings. Um, so my my love and specialty is medication safety, but um, we all know opioids are one of the top high alert medications in our health systems and in care generally. So there, there are specific ways pharmacists can help contribute to those um, safe practices and best practices and reduce harm to patients. So I'll try and cover that um, high level as well. So what do pharmacists do? Um, I think unless you're a pharmacist in the thick of our profession, you may or may not understand all the facets um, that pharmacists contribute to. A lot of folks think of the operational comp component, and that's whether you're thinking of a, an acute care setting or maybe in an ambulatory clinic or retail, um, there is a large component of what pharmacists do for procurement of medications, but it gets complicated because we have to procure the right things, think about how um, that drug might look against other drugs that like, like look alike or sound alike. Sort of the safety of what we bring into our, our health systems is really important, how it's stored. Um, the, how, the how they're ordered um, is also a large part of what pharmacists do. Um, you think of the, the pharmacist as verifying orders, so that's ensuring that what was ordered by a prescriber is safe, effective, um, optimized for patient care, makes sense with the other medications they're on, et cetera. And then there's a ton of systems design, and that might be one area that folks don't always think of, but we have all of these systems and devices that help manage the medication use process to make it as safe as possible. And pharmacists are integral in looking at the metrics around those designs, optimizing them, and ensuring that they, they function well for, for the clinicians that are interacting with them. The leadership um, piece is more what I'm doing um, as I've advanced in my career. Now I lead medication safety efforts and our opioid stewardship committee. Um, but there's also drug diversion committees that pharmacists are often part of, and of course, pharmacy and therapeutics committees. So the groups that are making decisions about opioid use and safety, you of course wanna in ensure that you have your medication experts uh, involved in those committees. So those are the leadership activities. And then an another really big bucket is clinical. So I'll talk a little bit about um, an opioid consult service that I was able to interact with at, at my prior facility. Um, there's also clinic settings. Um, I've worked in a variety of institutions that have pharmacists in their ambulatory care clinics or directly manage chronic pain management um, in addition to acute care services for acute care or palliative. Um, and then also just the general um, clinical responsibilities that pharmacists may have depending on the facility where they're out on units rounding um, interviewing patients, med histories, all sorts of aspects of clinical care pharmacists can really contribute to. Getting that, that med history, such an integral part of 
where medication errors often occur, right? If we don't have an accurate list of what the patient's even doing with their medication management, it's really hard to, to best treat them. So that's a huge component and where pharmacists and pharmacy technicians are becoming more and more relied upon is to ensure those accurate med lists. There's quite a bit of evidence and data that supports um, pharmacist team members doing a better job with regard to accuracy of medication lists when they're the per people tasked with that. And then just monitoring um, good steward stewardship and use of different medications, and that's the drug use evaluation. So pharmacists are typically tagged with evaluating use. So say in your health system, you want to know how often fentanyl patches are prescribed, and are we are we adhering to the black box warning criteria for fentanyl patches for safe use? Um, how often are we prescribing long-acting opioids in patients, and are we doing so in appropriate patients? That would be a drug use evaluation and and something typically pharmacy teams are um, tasked with doing in organizations. And then the administration management, often people think of nursing as the medication administration experts, which they are, but there, there are other folks involved with monitoring um, drug therapy and documentation and education of patients. Um, pharmacists can especially be beneficial in doing patient education on discharge from acute care sites and managing patients that come to clinic and in retail settings on their um, opioid therapy and especially the, the multimodal and non-opioid treatment therapy and therapies that are available to patients to help optimize their care. This is the, the study I alluded to earlier about um, clinical management of patients being treated for pain in an acute care setting. The prior facility I worked at, um, Kuya Health, actually won a best practice award from ASHP, which is a national pharmacy organization, for their work in improving safety of pain management. What this team did, um, we created a pain pharmacy pain management service. Um, the hospital that this was done in was 581 beds. Um, three FTE were dedicated, pharmacist FTE, for this service line. And what they implemented was a consultation service as well as opioid stewardship act activities. So what that looked like is um, prescribers could consult the, the pharmacy pain team to see any patient that they felt could benefit from their optimization of their pain treatment during the hospital stay. Usually these were patients that were more difficult to manage. Um, but over time, it kind of ended up being a lot more, right, because they, they saw the value of those services. The opioid stewardship activity piece were, um, that was identifying patients who were high risk for opioid oversedation. So they used um, a risk stratification criteria for patients, patients that um, uh, qualified at a certain number of what they, what they utilized for their risk criteria. They would get a report for those patients, and then they would proactively go look at their medication management and make recommendations to the prescriber on uh, potential ways to optimize therapy to prevent an adverse drug event. One of the, the most important outcomes that they, they realized from, from this work is they looked at every rapid response in code blue that occurred due to opioid oversedation before and after the service line was implemented. And you can see on this graph here that in 2013, before the service, there were 65 of those events and just 2014, the year after the service was implemented, um, you can see that that was cut in half and maintained and actually decreased even further in 2016. So really great um, outcome for our patients where this service was implemented. And then there were also, they also were measuring total opioid exposure um, 
uh, oral morphine equivalents of patients that were um, admitted, and all of those numbers decreased and the multimodal therapy increased. So it really was a beneficial service, um, service line to implement. Um, it's not cheap, it is pharmacist, but if you look at the cost of avoidance of, of just these rapid responses, right, you, you easily pay for um, the pharmacist personnel to do this work. So really great, great outcomes there. So now I'm at Honor Health, and what we have um, for our opioid stewardship committee, I wanted to outline how we're set up as a potential option as well. I think we have a, a pretty effective strategy in utilizing a chair co-chair of our committee that involves both a physician chair, um, anesthesiologist by training, and myself as a co-chair. So I have the, the medication use process expertise, but also have my medication safety hat on. Um, so I think that can be really effective, but if you don't have a med safety officer to tap into, you could certainly, I think, co-chair a committee like this with a pharmacist um, and hopefully a specialist in pain management if you have that luxury at your facility. Um, but that partnership has been really helpful for us um, in looking at, at things in um, different perspectives that are, are very cohesive. Um, we report directly up through our quality committee of the board, and we have a dashboard, we have dashboard metrics that specifically look at, at adverse drug events related to opioids. So it's pretty high, um, we're highly visible, I guess, in the organization is what I would say. So our work is, is considered very important to Honor Health. So um, it helps hold us accountable, and I think it also helps um, us move initiatives forward because um, our our facility, our uh, network is very committed to moving the mark in this area. We meet monthly. Um, we have a, a task force subgroup kind of biweekly meeting set up so that so as we're working through specific tasks, like right now we're we're getting ready to review all our order sets, we can utilize that time for people to get in on a WebEx and just um, knock out the work. Um, so that's been effective in us moving the needle on some of the mo more onerous projects. And then this committee, of course, approves all our metrics and monitoring, which we're trying to flesh out still. Um, but essentially, we, we're looking at the best practices that are, uh, are already published in opioid management and prioritizing our initiatives based on where our gaps are and where we think we have, you know, the highest leverage items to fix. Um, and we've done that in a variety of ways. We started with... Um, ISMP recommendations, and that it's probably largely due to my influence as med safety officer um, as co-chair of the committee. But if, if you're kind of unclear where to kind of begin, um, aside from all of the excellent resources that HSAG is providing you all, um, ISMP is also a really great resource to tap into for where's the most high risk area for medication use with opioids. So their targeted med safety best practice 15 um, is I, just a screenshot here, but it's largely around um, long-acting opioid therapy. So ensuring you're prescribing um, fentanyl patches, OxyContin, MS-Contin um, appropriately is really what this is targeting, but specific, specifically fentanyl is really addressed here. So that would be a great place to start. Um, and this is a perfect way to leverage pharmacy um, as the gatekeeper of safe fentanyl prescribing. So you can easily, um, well, I shouldn't say easily, but I would recommend implementing a hard stop where pharmacists are forced to review these orders before they're active in your system if you're in an acute care facility. So opioid status must be monitored, um, must be assessed and documented before we give a fentanyl patch to anyone in the facility, and you shouldn't stock them anywhere, right? 
So those are easy fixes and just understanding where you're at is, is an excellent place to start and you'll improve safety immediately. So remembering that pharmacy is your best friend is a take home. Um, medication history collection, absolutely. I think leveraging pharmacist services is key um, to get an accurate list and ensure we don't perpetuate errors through an acute care stay and on discharge and then into the clinic setting. Um, stewarding of criteria for use, like I mentioned for fentanyl patches, absolutely key. You can consider things like methadone, which are very high risk. Um, we could talk about um, mat therapy, all sorts of things um, that pharmacists can be your expert um, guide and help save prescriber time and nursing time trying to do a lot of these assessments. Um, identifying at-risk patient populations um, that warrant pharmacist review, right, so that we're um, utilizing limited resource, resources as effectively as possible is an important strategy. Um, pharmacists are trained typically to attend rounds, be multidisciplinary team members, and collaborative, collaboratively manage patients. Um, collaborative practice agreements are an option to give full autonomy or just considering the, the, the consult methodology. Patient education on discharge. Um, we're trained to do this work and speak with patients on their medications. So leveraging that, bring up nursing time for certain high-risk meds um, could be a really effective strategy in an organization um, and in clinics. And then chronic pain management clinics and ambulatory, ambulatory care pharmacy. This is a huge area of growth um, and opportunity for pharmacists. So um, utilizing those folks to work alongside um, prescribers in clinic settings has been really beneficial in optimizing pain therapy um, and, you know, helping quite complicated patients um, best manage their, their medications. And then I cannot forget emergency department pharmacy services. So more and more facilities are hiring um, full-time emergency department pharmacists that help with trauma, all sorts of stuff. They're integral for MAP therapy, um, dealing with um, those kinds of patient issues, especially when you're trying to discharge from the ED. So um, do you have a pharmacist in the ED and can you leverage them? Um, be sure you know that. Um, and then just a quick note on specialized pharmacist training. Um, pharmacists have the opportunity to, to do a second year of residency on specialized PGY2 training and pain management and palliative care. So finding those folks is is great, and if you have them in your organization, utilizing them is, is essential. Um, and then same um, with a certificate program through ASHP. So the key takeaways are that pharmacists are available to assist with all aspects of the MedUse process. So hopefully you have a better understanding of where they might fit and where, where you can leverage, um, leverage pharmacists. Um, improving pain management um, can, with pharmacist services, can reduce opioid use, improve utilization of multimodal therapy, and reduce adverse drug events, which is the goal of every opioid stewardship program, right? Um, leadership positions can be helpful um, and, and help move the mark on, on various initiatives, as well as identify where we need to focus. And then, of course, the team approach, including pharmacists, is just a outstanding effective strategy that hopefully everyone is already um, doing, and if not, I hope that you have the opportunity to consider.